Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. You could have you kept that going. Don't. Don't. Again, my name is Zach Adams. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. So glad that you're... Now you're going to join in. Now you're going to say Bunch something. Bunch of children. Now you're going to oh do this. Oh, my good yeah, golly. That's, that's where we are. Hey, we've been off. We've been off a week. Uh, the dysfunction is still, uh, still at large. Uh, again, I passed your church. Oh, man, just terrible. I passed your church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. You can learn all about the church by going to Calvary 316. Uh, dot com or another email address that we have is church at the dump.com check that out it just goes to the church website uh, either way if you're local check us out 10 30 sunday morning or sunday service if you're not local but looking for a church to watch online uh, that is committed to teaching the bible faithfully verse by verse chapter by chapter uh, again su- sunday service at 10 30 you can watch the live stream on our youtube channel which is calvary 316.live or facebook.com slash calvary 316 uh, I'm joined as always by the man that needs no introduction, uh, Pope Creighton Vaughn. Hello, everyone. How are y'all doing out there? It's so a beautiful so I, day. So last week I dropped, you know, on Wednesday, you know, because you were out of town, we weren't going to do the show. So I dropped a little post, um, you know, just explaining why we weren't having the Outlaw Radio show. Yes, I saw that. And, uh, and we got some fun reaction from that. It even caught your attention. You texted me from vacation. Like, I just saw this on Instagram. That's yes, funny. I was sitting on the beach, serene. I was reading the Space Trilogy from C.S. Lewis. I'm almost done Finally. with it. Finally. I'm almost done with it. I read two and three quarters of the books on the beach, which was wonderful. Uh, if you've never read on the beach, do that the next time you go to the beach. It's the best. Anyway, I'm scrolling Instagram as I'm checking my work stuff, and I see a post from Outlaw Radio that says, hey, we're not having... Uh, the show tonight because <laughs> our producer decided to be selfish and take a vacation. If you'd like to specifically uh, Pope Creighton, I referred right. to as Pope Creighton. Yes. And you said, uh, please direct all complaints and misgivings towards Pope Creighton at gmail.com, which I very much appreciated, which is officially, yeah. which is officially not only the, the email address of the outlaw radio show, but as of like two weeks ago has officially become, the email address of Calvary 316 because <laughs> uh, right. the Calvary Chapel in the Deep South needed an updated email address. And I was like, well, they were like, well, you can use yours. I was like, nah, Pope Creighton at gmail.com. That's Much hilarious. Fitting. Yeah. Especially we're, given that the person you gave that to has known me since I was born. That's also true. So we're, we're also joined as always by Spice Daddy How's in the house. How are you, buddy? Pretty good. Had a good week. Uh, you know, house set for your, your dog. That's right. I had a lot of good times. You uh, and Stetson been at the fourth. That's right. Like, just in case you're wondering, Zach also went out of town last week. Just no, but I was here Wednesday. Yeah, I, I yeah, went yeah out it doesn't matter. You weekend. also went out of town just last for the weekend. No. I had a good time with his dog, and I played like three hours of fetch with it. Um, it was very. <laughs> it's a very him. Good. It's it, a him. Yeah. You don't have to misgender my dog. Sorry, I'm. I'm, I'm it's 2023. It's man. a him. Yeah. Uh, and, and his name is Stetson Bennett the fourth, Adams. <laughs> It's very, very, very important. That's yeah. not, I'm not kidding. That is the name of my dog. I had a good time. Uh, church went well without Zach there, uh, despite him. Uh, we had, had some good good times there. Went to lunch with one of our uh, listeners and new, newer watchers of the Outlaw Radio. John, how's it going? Giving you a shout out. Uh, <laughs> That's the thing we're doing now. Right. Shout outs. Uh, yeah, it was a good, good week. So we uh, we are joined. It's uh, it's it's been a little while from the break. Uh, a regular on the show, Mr. Nicholas Monty. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Hi, hey, it's good to be back. How you doing, man? I'm good. You also went to the beach, right? I did. I took these bums. 
Now you've got a T-shirt. It's like the. It's a cool looking shirt. Yeah. Everglades. Yeah, my dad went down to Key West. Ah. When he drove through the Everglades. He, he bought it for himself, and it didn't fit him. So <laughs> <laughs> That's ironically how Creighton has most of his wardrobe. That is not just true. your stuff. Just my yeah, stuff. my stuff. Stuff that doesn't fit me that I give to Creighton. Well, it's good to have you back on the show. Uh, we are also joined um, in in. We have a live live studio audience. It's an audience of one, but we are also joined by our buddy Robert, who is off camera. Uh, but is free to interject as we do the show. Creighton, kind of explain how the show works for those that might be new. Uh, so basically what will happen is the show will start with Zach having a rant about something that is usually asinine, but he feels very passionate about. Um, and then we'll get into the actual show. You're going to feel show, real terrible about my rant in a moment. I'm probably not. No, you are. Um, You'll be like, oh, that was a good and one. And then after his rant, I will introduce a topic that I've been thinking about for most of the day um, where as the three of my friends here do not know, um, and then we will have a conversation about it, maybe a Bible study, depending on what exactly is going on. Zach will either make a Bible study or we'll just have a discussion. It always ends in a discussion. Sometimes we have really interesting thoughts. Sometimes we don't. But it just kind of flows because it's off the cuff. And the hope um, is that our conversation is edifying, glorifies the Lord, and entertaining. And, and yes. what's, what's been a lot of fun is that the audience has been growing and not just growing in, in like number and size, but just uh, verbally, just people reaching out and sending emails. And uh, uh, one of our one of our listeners, uh, viewers, Tom, uh, sent like a whole. Did you get that? The PDF? Yes. Whole bunch of questions uh, submitted for the show, which is great. Um, I, I, you know, Tom, um, again, I'm not going to go into any specific. I just want to let you know we're praying for you. Uh, know what you're going through. Uh, please keep me posted about your doctor's appointment on Friday. Uh, hearts. Love you, man. We're here behind you. Um, I do want to just, you know, you mentioned um, that I did go out of town this weekend. Uh, <clears throat> Justin said that church went just fine. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised because uh, I took five and a half months off last year and we didn't skip a beat. And, and, and Calvary 316 is not about me. It's not about one man. It's a, it's a work of the Lord. And uh, Steve Hamilton, one of the guys in the church, I had, I've become great friends with him over the last several years. I asked him to step in, knew he would do a great job. And from, from all reports, I haven't been able to watch it yet, that he killed it, just did mm -hmm. a, a, a great job and brought a lot of, of, of humor to it, but also just kind of shared his story and, um, um, and shared the gospel, I think, was, was really what it all boiled down to. Um, about you know questions and answers, and I, mm -hmm. I think that that's such a such a good thing. So Steve, if you're watching, man, thank you so much for filling in. Uh, I was in Boston. Uh, Jessica and I went to Boston this past weekend, and this is the the pseudo rant uh, because I had something happen to me that was just pretty radical, uh, honestly. So I I was invited to Boston uh, to share my testimony, my story, um, just kind of the miraculous work of the Lord in my life last year, getting sick, almost dying, um, and the Lord really resurrecting me um, from death. Um, I was invited to share that story. <clears throat> so it's a pretty big church, Calvary Chapel, Boston. Randy Cahill, wonderful. Him and his wife, Cheryl, such kind people. Uh, they took Jessica and I out and entertained us. And just kindred spirits. Older folks, they're in their 70s, but, man, really felt like family. Uh, the two Scots, two of the assistant pastors, are both named Scott. Uh, good guys just made us, made us just, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. <clears throat> I was given an hour to share. Which for me was a little different because the few times I've shared my story up until this point, um, the, the, the very first time was like 20 minutes. You know, I had like a 20-minute window. I shared it there, and then I, I did once in Kansas City. I did another one in Philadelphia, but they were roughly 40, 45 minutes. 
Uh, I, the, probably the longest I've spoken on my story was um, the elephant in the room, that first episode back mm -hmm. uh, last April, um, immediately following. But I was still processing um, everything at that juncture. So this was kind of like my opportunity. <clears throat> I had an hour to really just go into a lot of details that I, I haven't really spoken about and, and some of the particulars and some of the things that happened. Um, so I, I got done. I was very well received. Um, I went to the front door of the church just to greet people as they were leaving. Uh, there was a long line of just, I mean, person after person after person with their own stories of suffering and things. Just really um, a very special, a very special time. I, I really... I really enjoyed after the study just talking to folks. I, I bring that up to say the weirdest thing happened to me, and I really want to say it on the show because I hope uh, that this person at some point will watch and can get in touch with me. So I had noticed that there was maybe kind of a middle-aged, um, I, I want to say she was mixed, half African-American, white, um, a lighter complexion. Um, I would say maybe maybe 5'4", maybe your height, Creighton, somewhere in there. And I could, I could see her in the line of people coming up. And she you could already see it in her face. Her eyes were pretty swollen. And so she got up to the, the front of the line. And <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. Didn't say a word. Just stuck her arms under mine. Bear hugged me. And just buried her, her head in my chest and wept. And, and when I say wept, I'm, I'm like, I mean just poured it all out full on full on not a word it wasn't like i went to give her a hug it was boom she went right in gripped and then i just i bear hugged her back and i just held her in my in, in my arms and and she's weeping there's a whole long group of people who are just kind of standing there in disbelief and and i can see that there's some of the pastors are like ah, do we intervene what's going on uh, and she just wept and i just held her and finally, I kind of leaned, leaned down, kind of into her ear, and I said, um, I said, what's your name? And she said, uh, and, you know, through, through kind of tears, she says, you know, Denise. And, and I said, Denise, you don't have to say a word. I know. Jesus loves you. And that, that hug slowly lessened. And she took a step back and there was a bit of a smile. You could see a change in her eyes and she walked out the door. I got one word from her, Denise. And then there was this ministry luncheon um, after, after the service. So I was back there uh, having lunch with, there was like 200 people that, that serve at the church. So they were doing kind of a ministry luncheon, kind of honoring the volunteers. So I was sitting at a table with the pastor and a couple of the other pastors. And one of the pastor's wives brought brought up what happened she goes hey what was what was going on she i guess she had seen it and uh, so i explained i explained what happened and she was like i've never seen that person before so like no one knew who this person was it wasn't like this was like a, a long time regular or someone that had been in the church uh the, the, for all i know no one no one knew this might have been her first sunday i have no clue but um that's wild but denise if if somehow you watch this um, if, if this gets passed along to you, uh, Pope Creighton at gmail.com, please reach out, find me on Facebook or, 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 or X.com, whatever, find me. Uh, I would love to hear more of your story and, and kind of what the Lord, the Lord's doing. 
So I, I want to. That was my my rant that you hey, were. That wasn't asinine. That, I that you were that. downplaying. Um, yeah, you feel bad, don't you? Broken clock two yeah. times a day, etc. Yeah, you feel small, don't you? Uh-huh. Nope. Yep. Never felt small in my life. Yeah, maybe maybe Creighton needs a hug. Certainly don't. Maybe. Maybe after this show, we'll just have a group hug. Group hug. Somebody's going to get Nick, stabbed. Nick, you kind of... I can... I get I, you got there. that. Nick, get us there. If Nick one day you would there. like to hug Creighton Vaughn, uh, email Pope Creighton. <laughs> and we'll set that up for you. <laughs> Absolutely. We will. Um, I, I uh, you know, we really encourage um, audience participation, interacting. Uh, that doesn't always happen within the live stream. Uh, so, you know, we're live, we're live streaming, uh, uh, outlawradio.live as well as facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. Uh, you can drop comments in, in the, the, the thread below the video. Uh, Creighton is monitoring those. Um, sometimes we're able to bring those into the show. Sometimes we're not. Um, but from time to time, we always get just the audience reaches out. And uh, A good fan of the show, a good friend of ours, uh, Miss Karen, um, hit me up yesterday. We had a, a pretty lengthy phone conversation that followed up with a, with a longer email and I said, hey, that's great. I, I've addressed this on the Outlaw Radio Show before, but it is a question that was kind of brought up, something she was dealing with. I thought it just very quickly, and, and again, this will be very quick. Um, I just kind of wanted to answer her question um, just here from the show. But she was talking about, and I think she might have even brought this up in the home group. She was struggling with you know, the idea of the notion that Jesus was... Um, um, in the tomb for three days and three nights. But when you run the timeline, the chronology, that doesn't seem to be substantiated. <clears throat> and and so she was kind of struggling with like, hey, is that a discrepancy in the scripture? Uh, how do I process that? Um, and so we had a, a lengthy conversation. And, and I really do think that there are two ways that you can answer that particular question. First, the only the only place that we get the notion of Jesus being three days and three nights um, in, in, in the grave is based upon this one statement that Jesus makes in the Gospel of Matthew, where he says, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so I will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He, he's making, uh, um, he's speaking to some of his critics who are seeking after a sign. He goes, you want a sign? Look for the sign of Jonah. Um, now, the problem with just taking that as just a completely literal uh, demonstration or, or presentation, like that's the only place you get the full three days and three nights. And, and that becomes a challenge. Like, does Jesus, is Jesus speaking literally or is he using Hebrew idiom? Is he, is he speaking, um, for, for example, he doesn't spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Um, we don't know where Hades is. Uh, doesn't seem like that's a literal thing. He also says, as of the sign of Jonah, Jonah was dead and was resurrected. Um, and the thing was, Jonah wasn't actually dead, was he? He appeared to be dead, but he wasn't. So, like, if you try to take that statement in its most literal form, you run into a lot of other problems. Jesus is making a generalization. Like, you want to see a sign? As radical as that was with Jonah... My resurrection will be that. Like he's he's not literally saying three days and three nights. Now, what does Jesus say? Jesus predicts. He prophesies three different occasions. He'd go to Jerusalem, be betrayed, would be crucified, and then what does he say? And he would rise on the third day. 
that specific phrase on the third day is repeated over and over and over and over again. Does Jesus say in the predictive statements that he was, hey, after three days and three nights, a literal 72 hours, I'm going to rise from the dead. No, he says on the third day that I'm dead, I'm going to rise from the, I'm going to rise from the tomb. Hmm. And so you can, you, you can take Jesus's statements in that regard as being okay. Day three, which means that Jesus, if he, if he died on Thursday was placed in the tomb on Thursday, Friday, beginning Thursday at 6 PM, because uh, evening and morning are the first day laid in the tomb Thursday Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can get to three days easily. Like you, like you don't run into a problem. Now you do run into, again, if it's a Thursday crucifixion, you do run into like an actual three days and three nights uh, presentation, like the actual 72 hours. You easily get to three days, but not 72 hours, unless you move it back to Wednesday. Um, and this is the thing that I was telling Karen is like, if, if you move it back to Wednesday, um, so that, so that Jesus, um, you know, so that, so that, okay, excuse me. And the traditional format, Jesus would have been crucified Friday at 9am. Things go dark at noon on Friday. He dies on Friday before 6pm, which is the beginning of, of Saturday. So it's Friday all day, Saturday, and then you get to Sunday. But if you go back to Wednesday being, let's say, um, the upper room, Wednesday night he's betrayed. The trials happen early Thursday morning. Jesus gets crucified Thursday before 6. Then you have first morning, Friday morning, Friday evening, Saturday morning, Saturday evening, Sunday morning. You have three mornings and three evenings. And I think that there's some justification for that. Because what that would then entail, again, if you go to Leviticus 23, you know, we don't have any evidence that, that Jesus, his triumphal entry occurred on Sunday. Like that, there's no like scriptural evidence that points to Sunday. It's an assumption that's made, Palm Sunday. But this becomes even, even an easier remedy if you move the triumphal entry to Friday which would then explain Jesus comes into Jerusalem. He gets to the temple. He sees what's happening, but he's got to get back to Bethany. Why? Well, because the Sabbath begins. And then he comes back on Sunday, clears out the money changers, and then the, the, the order of the week takes place. Again, there's seven days uh, regarding the Feast of Unleavened Bread that, that culminates with Passover. Friday to Friday places Passover on Friday. Not Sunday to Friday. So anyway, I thought it was a great question. I, I think if you're really wedded to the three days and three nights, you can, you can make an argument for that, a scriptural one. I don't think you have to. I think Jesus said three days on the third day. So you can go Friday, Saturday, resurrected Sunday. That also works. So my, my point is that, that either scenario, there's no reason to get bent out of shape. So that, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now the crazy <clears throat> rant thought I had before we get to your topic. Oh, I thought we were done. No, no, we're not. So this is our third rant? Yeah, third rant. Cool. No, I had this thought. I had this thought, and I just wanted to get you guys, if we get your, get your take on this real quick. Um, so, you know, we live in this really weird time with... Um, okay, let me maybe take one step back further. 
I love it when you start a thought yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, wait, 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 wait. So, you know, so I've taught through, I've taught through Mark. I've taught through Matthew. I've taught through John. I've taught through three quarters of the, the Gospels. Ones. Well, and I've, I taught through Luke and youth ministry. So I, I've taught through the Gospels. And every time I've taught through the Gospels, you know, there is this idea that has to be addressed of like, Jesus is dealing with so many demon-possessed people. Like, this is a constant thing where Jesus is encountering and dealing with demon possession. And he's liberating people from demon possession. How can it be such a pervasive thing then, but we don't see it now, right? Um, and so almost anyone that does an exposition has to kind of deal with that topic. And there's a lot of answers for it. I think some better than others. Um, but I had a thought the other day. Because, man, this whole, like, transgender thing that's going on and, like, we have some wacky things happening. And, man, I'm scrolling through social media and you see posts of, like, these teachers that are, they're advocate like, they're possessed, man. Like, I think we're seeing a reemergence of demon possession where it's like, I don't have to explain, like, well, there's not a lot of demon possessed people anymore. Instead, it's like, oh, my gosh, look at all these people in this feed that are clearly demon possessed. Like, they're... You look at their eyes, and something's wrong. And I'll give you an example, something that hit me the other day that validates this. So Jesus has that encounter with the demon-possessed man, right? And he asks, there's multiple examples of this, but one in particular, the, where he ends up casting them out of, of, of the man into the Legion. swine. They run. He says, what's your name? And what's the answer? I am Legion. I am Legion. Legion. I think you said we are legion, or you say oh, I am legion. I am legion, we are, we, are. Yeah. we are legion. But basically it was in the plural. Mm -hmm. It was in the plural. And the acknowledgement was like, there's a lot of us in here. Now this is the person speaking, the demon working through it. You know the craziest thing that we have happening in our culture, like bizarrely, is we have this pronoun thing where we have literally people that are like, I need to be referred to as them and they. Mm. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. But what if you can call me Legion? There are many. What if they are Legion? What if they are? I mean, what if it's an actual, like, wh like when you encounter someone that's like, Hey, yeah, my pronouns are they and them. You're like, Oh, okay, yeah. I know I'm talking to the demon now. I would temper that by saying that not all crazy is demons. Um, there's a lot of demons, though. Agreed. I'm just saying, like... There's it, also just it, a lot of human crazy. Isn't it weird, like, though? Isn't it weird that in this season, we have people referring to themselves in the plural? I, that's, that's all my point is. And it's like, in times past, your two conclusions is you're schizophrenic, or you're demon possessed. I mean, I don't. That's a good question. So the uh, audience, the audience are, are male. The audience representative just asked, "Are are demon are demons gendered?" Well, I think if you you have to go back to the explanation of when they ask, uh, when they asked Jesus about marriage in heaven, and he said they're neither male or, nor female, married or unmarried. They're just like the angels. In They're heaven. asexual beings is what's being said, but not necessarily right. gender because there's no examples of any angelic host yeah, and I don't think being I, presented in a feminine. In which I don't think you can have a spiritual being having a gender, per eh. se. I think you, well, I think I, you can, I can, I think they, 
they might choose to be addressed one way or another. Uh, no, nah, I got you. But but yeah. it's not a specific, I'm this, I'm that. There's anyway, no biology. That, that was just my little throw out idea. That just something I, I kind of was thinking about the other day. Have you it's seen like, that, did you see that movie? Uh, it's about the dude that goes to inter- He's a psychologist. He goes to interview the dude, and and it just came out uh, in Inferi- or nefarious. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It, I, it was pretty good. It kind of deals with with that. I did see a trailer for that. It, it was pretty. It's pretty. I you know when I disagreed some on some of the theology, but like overall, it was. It's pretty good. Nick, what do you think about demon possession? It's Welcome crazy. back to the Outlaw yeah, Radio Show. It's, it's a crazy topic. And, I mean... Isn't it weird? They it's very do. weird. And, it's, I mean, it's, the best, it's definitely an avenue that they can use for this t- day and time. Strange. I mean... Very strange. Well, Creighton, before we get to your topic. <laughs> so, Robert, the resident audience member here, um, does have a question. Uh, that he wanted to, to introduce. Um, I didn't let you know about this because I wanted you to spend all day thinking about something. Um, so we'll see how, 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 lengthy, jerk, how lengthy we get out of this. So, so Robert, uh, you tell me your question. No one can hear you, so I'm going to have to. No, no, you don't have to do that. I'm just going to kind of, I'll relay it as we go. So, okay, what's your question? Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to know yep. what you thought about churches mm-hmm. focusing on. Churches focusing on. Deliverance. Okay, can you services. deliverance services? Can you kind of define what you mean by like a, a deliverance service, or just like describe it in general? Um, yeah, like when mm-hmm. they have people constantly coming up to um, like they're sick, so they identify it as an evil spirit causing them sickness. So now they try to remove all these spirits. So it's it's life. so it's identi- it's it's identifying particular physical ailments as being the manifestation of of, of a demonic or oppression. So deliverance, I'm dealing with this physical ailment, an emotional, a spiritual ailment. I want to be delivered from such a thing. Um, and so it's a service uh, kind of crafted for um, the delivering of people experiencing some measure of affliction. And then the question is, is well, what do I think of that? question yes jump in creighton um when you say because that could be construed in two different ways like there is people who like to do altar calls and prayer and nick can you please just kind of google deliverance services to see what comes Um, up and then there is what i would call faith healers which is like benny hen a lot of the times they get wacky and Right, they do the falling down. They do the, the, the bodies hit the floor type yes. of like. Are you talking about those kind yeah. where they're being what I would call wacky, as opposed to just like, hey, we're gonna have a time for anyone who has something they would like prayer about to come up. I, what because I would from I would that is a third third one where things. every ailment has a demon behind it, right, essentially right. an evil spirit. Yeah. Which I think, which I think would be the essence more of your that, question. Right. Correct? That's deliverance. It refers to groups to perform practices, to cleanse people of demons or evil spirits. These group attributes, certain physical, phys- psychological, spiritual, and emotional problems that activate that are activities of these evil spirits in their lives. So it's basically spirits are making that stuff happen and they're trying to get rid of those spirits. 
to get. And so it's a deliverance service. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Robert is continuing his question for those of you that are listening. Um, mm-hmm. Also, we're tying this into gifts of the spirit as well. Right. Where, like Paul says to do things mm-hmm. in, um, like in, in decency and in order. Yeah. yeah okay. And, well, no, no, no. I, I think so. Let, let, let me, let me, let's kind of get into this conversation. And then as, as it kind of unfolds, if that leads to, um, if you need greater clarity on a particular point within that, um, yes, so I've got just a subsequent question that, that goes with this. And it deals with believers and being oppressed. Right. Now, I'm assuming, and, and this kind of hinges on how I guess I would answer it. Can a believer, someone that has filled with the Holy Spirit as a believer be fully oppressed or need to be delivered from, from these demons or these people coming in, not believers and they are demon possessed or oppressed. by. Yes. Back, back to the resident audience member who wants to interject again. He says, yes, that's what I'm going for. Christians. So we're not really we're not really addressing the unbelieving world. We're addressing a deliverance service within the context of yeah, born again believers, towards geared towards Christians. Uh, let's let's unpack this from uh, a lot of just kind of quick quick directions. First, uh, to an overarching idea, Spice Daddy brought up. Um, I I don't believe in in any way, shape, or form can a born again spirit filled Christian be possessed by a demon. I don't believe in Christian, like that a Christian is already possessed by the Holy Spirit. There's only one vacancy. And, and the Bible teaches very clearly that what fellowship does light have with darkness? Does Christ with Belial, uh, another term of Satan. So like, I don't, I don't believe that a Christian can be possessed by the Holy Spirit and a demon at the same time. I don't, I don't see that. Um, in, in any, I don't see any biblical justification for that notion whatsoever. So I don't think Christians can be possessed. Now, that doesn't mean that Christians can't be oppressed. And the difference between oppression and possession, possession is an internal thing. Oppression is a spiritual warfare outside kind of uh, influence type of a deal. And it would be very easy for me as somebody that is um, that is not overly charismatic um, to just kind of brush aside the whole idea of a deliverance ministry. Um, But we got to go back to the scriptures for just a moment. And like, what do we see in relation to demons and people? I think you see the best example of this might be Job. Not necessarily that he's filled with the spirit, but like that, I think Job's story is a good example of you seeing oppression rather than, than possession. Right. Now, you get to the scriptures, you get to the New Testament, and, and I think this is kind of where things begin to parse because we're talking about unbelievers and believers. Do we see physical ailments manifest because of demon possession? Uh, absolutely. There are numerous examples. Um, the, the, the boy that's dealing with seizures, and he's throwing himself in the fire. Um, what's the remedy? It's a, it's a possession issue. Like, there's a demon 
that Jesus casts out and frees the little kid. Um, you have you have a lot of being blind and deaf and mute, um, muteness in particular being a, a byproduct of demon possession. Um, again, liberated the tongues loose can speak. Um, so do we see demon possession manifesting in physical ailments? And therefore the remedy to the physical ailment can be the liberation of the demon, of the person from the demon, of the possession. You absolutely that like you can't you can't read through the gospels and not and not understand that that's that that's a dynamic and I think that that can easily be carried over into uh, mental health issues. Um, I, I I think that there's when it comes to the unbeliever, an unbeliever is open to demon possession, and as a result of demon possession, there can be all kinds of literally physical emotional manifestations of the possession. Um, that give you indication like, hey, what's going on here is possession. Now, I'm not saying all the time, but you do, you can make that correlation. Now, present me any example in scripture of a born again believer needing, needing to be delivered from demon possession. I, I, you can't find any. Um, can you find any born again Christian, therefore, um, having their physical malady being attributed to demon possession. No, you subsequently can't find that, that, that either. So my, the, the answer to your question, Robert, within the context of the church is deliverance, like uh, attributing something going on in a person's life to a, to, to a demonic possession. I don't think has any biblical grounds. Now, that being said, could you could you be looking at a scenario? You could be looking at someone going through a trial, going through and 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 get the sense of like you know what this is, this is actually oppression. I think sometimes uh, uh, you know de- depression can can manifest. There are certain things that can happen maybe in an emotional sense, where it's an it's a it's a spiritual attack by the enemy, and so we want to we want to pray. Like, hey, what's the remedy for this person? Is it counseling? Is it therapy? Is it drugs? Maybe. Maybe is it liberation from the, this demonic oppression? They've opened their life up to something, an, an influence, and that influence is... And, and they need, they need this, this protection from it. I think that there's um, evidence, scriptural evidence for that being a thing. Um, and practically, I think, I think again, you, you mentioned Job... Uh, all of his physical affliction is because of a demonic attack. I just thought of another one too. What about Paul when he talks about the being like waylaid, a, trying yeah. to get somewhere, or no, not just well, that, the thorn in the flesh, thorn in the flesh. Would that mm. would would the, the, was there any indication that that was an? I don't think that there was. A, I don't think like that there an was actual? an indication that that was an affliction brought on specifically by a demonic attack. Okay. It seems as though when Paul talks about the thorn in the flesh, that this was just a physical ailment. And scholars think that it was actually the cataracts, right? Maybe caused even from the Damascus Road conversion, mm. where he dealt with these these cataracts, these because he talks about scales kind of coming off of his face, mm-hmm. off of his eyes that Paul had problems seeing. We know that because some of his later's later 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 letters, I'll get that out, <laughs> um, had to be had to be transcribed. You know, and Paul would say, "Hey, you know, this is for me because here's my big signature." Because he had eye problems, and, and could that have been? He prays three times for this thorn to be removed. It's not, and he lives with it. Why? Well, that was to keep him humble. 
Um, so in regards to your question, you know, I don't think Christians, I don't think, I don't think, I think it's wrong for a Christian to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm going through this bout with cancer. I need to be delivered from the demon causing it. I don't, I don't see any biblical justification for that. Um, now an unbeliever, um, Hey, I'm dealing with these crazy seizures and this schizophrenic thing. And I, I need to be liberated from Legion, the they, them within me. Um, I mean, I, I could make a, at least a biblical argument that, that, that is at least plausible. Um, that makes sense. Does that, does that help kind of the clear? Now, now like healing, I have ministry, a mechanical question. Well, like healing ministry, I mean, healing ministry, again, we're not identifying the ailment as like, I'm not delivering you from the demon causing the ailment. I'm praying that Jesus would just heal you because he's the great physician. Because there's something wrong, not because it's a demon that's causing something wrong. Right. It's not, you know, the, 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 the what's wrong is the byproduct of sit, living in a sin, sinful and fallen world. Mm-hmm. I had a weird, another weird thing happened to me in Boston. And I don't know if I should, if I should, sh- you know, I'm going to share this. Nick, I told you this story. Yes, Sh- you did. You didn't tell me. Uh, Monday. Should I share this? Yes. I, I so okay. Creighton, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. Go. Um, you know, so yeah, we, why not? we've had this topic before where I've talked about like listening to the still small voice. You know, how do you know if it's God, if this is spirit speaking to you, if you don't obey? But obedience requires like radical steps of faith sometimes to do something. You're like, I, have n- I just feel like I need to do this. And then you take a step back. I was talking to Dill Daddy Derek uh, at the same dinner. And he's like, I've been trying to do this more. And it's amazing how you, you know, you see the Lord like, oh my goodness, that was the Lord. Um, but you'll never know it unless you just step out in faith and do something. Now, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've talked about this. I, I've, I've kind of preached this. I, I still try to practice this. I had an occasion, man, where... The Lord like really was like, oh, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to do this. Really? Let's, uh-huh. let's see how, let's see if you really are. Because the Lord took me way out of my comfort zone. I mean, way. You went to a Boston game, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were on the road. Oh, okay. So we were at this, this ministry luncheon after service. We're sitting there having, having lunch. A lady that I had met earlier, she comes up to our table and she says, hey, I had invited my friend to come hear your testimony today. She wasn't able to come, but she's, she just got here. She had to work this morning and she's young. She's got two small kids and she's just been diagnosed with a really bad setup of breast cancer. And right. um, she was like, can you, can, you, you know, can you just keep her in your prayers? I said, so she's here? She goes, yeah. And I said, is that her across? And it was across the gymnasium. And she was standing there with, it looked like one of the pastors and one of the elders talking. She goes, no, yeah, that's my friend. And dude, the Lord spoke to me. And I was like, oh no. Dude, I got up immediately. I didn't tell anything to Jessica. I just got up and I walked straight across the gym. And, and I stood right next to her as this conversation's happening. And after about five to 10 minutes, at that point, I'm just, I'm just, I'm kind of, excuse me, um, don't want to interrupt. Um, my name is Zach, shook her hand, and her friend was over there at the same time. And, um, 
And, uh, and I said, I said, you don't know me. And, and at that point, her friend was like, oh, this is the guy I was telling you about that spoke today. <laughs> I said, I got, I got a crazy story. But the thing about my story is that we serve a miracle working God. And everything that these two gentlemen have been saying to you about, about questions to ask the doctors and, and, and types of treatments and, and, and they're behind you and everything they've said is true and is good, that that's great. But at the same time, and I looked at her and she's just looking at me like, I don't know what you're about to say. I said, um, we also serve a miracle working God that loves to heal people. And can I pray for your healing right now? And she looked at me and, and I, I laid hands on her and I prayed full-blown healing. I didn't parse it. Like we believe that you can use the doctors or that you can work in some roundabout ways. You know, I said in the name of Jesus, the name that above all names, I pray in faith that right now you take this cancer away so that her life might glorify your miraculous working power. And in the, as I'm praying this, I'm thinking, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> you went real bold. I bud. went a bold move, Cotton. And, and then I'm like, now what do I say when I'm done? And I double, I doubled down, brother. I got done and I didn't even think about it. You know what I said? I looked her, I looked at her. And I said, will you please call me when you've been healed? You didn't say And that. she said, yes. And I turned and walked away. I'm going to get a call from her husband, you know, at some point that, you know, wants to she's, fight you. She's passed away. You gave her a false hope and. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. But no, man, I'm telling you, it was like the Lord told me to do something. Lord, you believe, help my unbelief. Oh, my goodness gracious. But I, I, I totally, like, I, that's never happened to me before in my life that I've ever felt that bold. Next, the, next week at Calvary 316, Zach will be going around uh, knocking oh people my. on the floor. Um, with his jacket. You're going to have to wear a jacket next it's week. It's probably still warm enough for us to find rattlesnakes, right? Yeah. Prayer towels. <laughs> that's what that's what Elder Larry Parkin has been wanting for years. Good old prayer towels prayer and the stations of the cross. So, okay, Creighton, we've got, we've got 20 minutes left. Wait, I got one more question. We got, wait, we're not going to get to Creighton? Yeah, well, we're not going to get to my thing. Wait, we're not getting to Creighton? No, it, it has to do with the topic that, that we're talking about. Okay. I've been watching YouTube and some like Instagram reels in this one. Creighton, top- you've gotten quadruple jumped. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> this one topic ganged keep, up on. This one topic keeps ridiculous. Keeps coming up in my feed. And and it it makes sense for me just because it's my background. And and I understand and but Wait, the, your background world traveling. No, not that. Um, because I haven't even been with this within this question but like so the question is a lot of these women are going asking their husbands how often do you think about the roman empire and i've seen this and, and like i, I was like That's robert weird... have you seen this okay yeah so i, Nick, I guess have you yes so just surprising yeah. okay <laughs> yeah Crane, and, have you yes uh nick's wife asked me while we were at the yes. beach right and and That's so the reason i've heard like that. if you the were four out of the five of us have heard this question right yeah okay so so like for me, is if someone were to ask me that, I'm like, yeah, I think about it. My, I, I have degrees in archaeology, so I kind of had to think about it for a long time. And, and like, it, Creighton's Italian, right? He thinks Creighton's about it all Italian, the time. And apparently, Robert is too. So I mean, right, we, we right. Got, Robert's also yeah. Italian. And so, but <laughs> I, I was thinking about it. I thought, oh, that's funny because it turns out a lot of guys apparently think about the Roman Empire. 
And uh, there's this dude on YouTube who does a podcast too. It's like Ruslan or something like we're that. We're not so we're not promoting anybody uh, other yeah, than Outlaw already. I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, he's like he's like a Christian Christian dude, and he <laughs> he kind of like asked this question. He was like, "Why are men thinking about the Roman Empire so much?" And it kind of and a lot of these guys like uh, when you watch some of the videos of the wives, like how often? And they're like, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, a lot of the stuff that's going on now kind of." mimics the Roman Empire. The rise and fall of an empire. Right. And, and so I just kind of was wondering your take on those, that, that question. Like, why? how often do you think about the Roman Empire and why? And do you think what we're going through now mimics the Roman Empire? So that's a, that's a, uh, a much better question than whatever Creighton had come up with. Right. Thanks, bud. Going to be honest. Gonna be That's honest. cool, but uh, just thirty years you... of friendship, and you just throw me under the bus every oh, chance we've had this you plan get. The whole entire time. yeah. No, this was a conversation that took place while you were setting stuff up. Hate you guys. Yeah, this was <laughs> this was even even Robert, the audience member, was like, "I'm I'm on board, I'm good." Then you started talking about Roman stuff. I was like, oh, "You did no, good. you you kind of led us right into it, and it's it segued. It it was a sign from God that this was meant to be. Yeah. I want to be very clear in the words, in the words of the, uh, what's that movie where they're, they're fighting the crusades. Uh, last kingdom, Monty last, Python, in the like kingdom, anyway, Monty Python? Monty kingdom Python? of heaven. God wills it. God wills it. Uh, also, yeah. I think about the Roman empire all the time, uh, because it's awesome. Well, you are Pope Creighton and right. the Roman empire is cool. They did a lot of cool things and their concrete is still fascinating to people today. They, get, they, they were able they just, to use it underwater, and we don't even know how yeah. they did that. Well, they, the we've recently uh, discovered why it's We've recently, so uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Discover Backwards engineered right. Roman concrete. We can make it now. For the first time in 2,000 because years or something. Because the concrete is actually stronger and becomes stronger over time. Yeah. It, it's really interesting it's stuff. It's super like, neat. Nick, why do you think about the Roman Empire? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. That's all you had. That was all you had. So, okay. It's a comical question. Let me try to let me try to take it um a different direction than maybe what you were thinking. Um because I I do think about the Roman Empire. And, and I think people think about the Roman Empire from the context of like you know, America's already kind of like beyond the normal longevity of global influence. Um, you know, as far as like world powers and civilizations go, you know, from, from the Egyptians, to the Assyrians, to the Babylonians, to the Persians, to the Greeks, to the Romans setting aside the, the Mongols, you know, looking then towards the British empire and then, and then the American experiment. Um, I think that there is this, there is a sense within a lot of people, um, I think free thinking American people, rational people, um, at least really maybe even either side of the, the political aisle that we are an empire in decline. Um, and I think in the process of, of that, maybe trepidation, that fear, that worry, you know, you look back to the Roman empire, what was the causation of the decline of the Roman? Because the Romans weren't conquered by anyone. Rome self-destructed, and it was a it was a slow, long um, collapse. Collapse, it was a full-on collapse. It was a full-on. It was it was you know, and it was self-inflicted. 
Like there was no reason that the Roman Empire necessarily needed to fall apart. They just self-destructed, which, which is ultimately what any kingdom will do that, that doesn't have Jesus as its king. Because because you run into greed and 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 corruption. Corruption. I mean, America, I think, has done so well because we had a certain like nobility to like the rule of law and to certain etiquette. Um, we see things today that that have been norms for centuries, political norms. You know, th- there's a reason that that American democracy has existed, has flourished, and that we've never had a former president indicted. Even Nixon wasn't indicted. Like that, like we like we've never had a former pre- we've never had a president running or or a candidate running being politically prosecuted like however you feel that it is an it is it is not a norm like this is an abnormal thing now people are like oh well political the politics are so toxic today it's like you know i long for the days that we settled our disputes with a duel you know right like like, no matter where we are right now like aaron burr and and hamilton pulled out pistols to settle differences a secretary of the treasury and a sitting vice president at the time of the duel, if I'm not misunderstanding. Some, something close to that. Like, politics has kind of settled down in the last 200 years. They call him Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton. So, you know, again, I mean, American politics is, has, all, has always been, been, been dicey. But like, they, like even this week, you know, because of John Fetterman, the, the Pennsylvania senator, and, and kind of his laissez-faire attire, he won't wear a suit. What? He won't wear a suit. He wears hoodies and shorts and will not wear a suit. And he's the guy that had the stroke during the campaign that can't really yeah, function yeah, yeah, yeah. much. So they just overturned 280 years of Senate norms that require you as a senator to have a suit on. You, you can wear whatever you want now on the Senate floor. Like, again, and people look at stuff like that. Not a big thing, but you're like, man, there's just a lot of things going on that just give me like a bit of trepidation. You look at the, the, the incredible wave of immigrants making their way into our country from all over the world across the southern border. Right now, it's 9,000 a day. I mean, 2 million a year. Like, that's, an un, that's unsustainable. We're a country with 30-some-odd trillion dollars in debt. Like, that's, that's $100,000 for every single human being living in America. I mean, that, that's not a sustainable thing. So there's this trepidation. Now, let me take the turn. So I have thought about from from an American citizen kind of I do enjoy politics. I've thought about these things. But I'll tell you, as a pastor, I've thought about it in, in a bit of a different bent. And it's more of like, okay, if 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 we are if we are a an empire in decline, um, and maybe this is a slow erosion, maybe it's swift. Maybe just like Babylon fell with, with the Persians coming under the gates, maybe uh, the day will come where we wake up and we and something major has happened. It could it could be that American dominance is is within a twenty four hour period reversed. Um, heaven forbid the ramifications, but at the same time, more likely that it's just the continual slow erosion. My my thought, and I think the more relevant, at least for me, is how do you pastor a church and in a declining empire. You know, what, what is, you know, we look, we think about Rome. What, what can we learn about the decline? Like, how do you pastor 
a church in an empire that is experiencing a complete erosion of norms and traditions and values and, and laws. To me, that's, that's, that's more of the question that I've thought about. Like, how do you pastor a church during the decline of the Roman empire? Now you look back at the Roman empire and you're really not given a lot of great examples of this. You're not given much of a blueprint because a, the decline of the Roman empire was, uh, was, was five, six hundred. I mean, could grieve 800 years if you really want to kind of map it out. And then at some point, you know, it was like what, what actually continued the decline? It was the merging of the church and the state because the church was worried about the decline and the state was worried about its power and it needing the church. And so Constantine blended the two together. And so kind of the church declined at the same time as the empire. Um. I don't necessarily have an answer to this. Like it's, it's again, it's you're throwing me a question, but it's the thought that I've had of like, how do you, like, what should we be concerned about? What should we be emphasizing? What should our heart be? Um, I do think, um, you know, again, the American ex- experiment is a different thing because we have uh, at least supposedly, you know, representation you know that, that we are that we are given a role as the the citizen is empowered with the responsibility to pick and choose its leaders, um, and and pick those leaders to check and balance the other leaders. That we, we really do have kind of a, a brilliant setup. Um, do I feel like we really have that right now? I don't. I feel like we're more of a uniparty where the elite the elites pick who we're going to have, and we don't really have much of a say in that. Um, again, we kind of get stuck with two people, and it's always the, like, which of the two worst people do we get to pick from? It's it's we're stuck in that manner. So I, I want to I want to acknowledge that as um, as Christians, we are to steward what we've been given. I do think that there's a participation, at least a level of participation within the in, the empire. But again, this is not our kingdom. You know, this is not this is not the end. And I do think the argument could be made like, okay, I think the church can get really sidetracked when we're trying to stop a trend that is inevitable. That the the American empire is going to continue this trajectory, even if there is a revival that will only be but a blip. Like within judges, it'll be 40 years of peace and then we're right back to where we were. And then, hey, if that's forty years of peace, that's great. Like that—that's our—that's our. Four contrib- years of peace we didn't have before. That's our contribution. But at the same time, like what is inevitable is inevitable. We know the end of the story. We know that the only true remedy is the return of Jesus Christ. I think one of the things that you should be that you should be aware of and maybe guard your heart against if you are looking at the fall of an empire that you are a part of, especially one like America, is to extricate and this is going to come off weird if you're not southern i think but extricate your faith in god from your faith in country i think a lot of people are going to have the reaction that like if america falls and splits into a bunch of city states or whatever what have you that is a not just a failure of the american political system but a failure of the american religious system yeah I, I and that, that failure about. would then erode people's 
like I say people's non-believers trust I think you in see that a lot God and I think you see a lot of that with when people talk about the end times yes and they see the decline of America and if America goes away then it, obviously Jesus is super close to coming back now I'm not saying that's that's not a thing where I think it's indication of the time like the 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 times of, of Noah you know right you, but you that doesn't that, necessarily just because mean. America's not here doesn't mean that that, we could have another two thousand years after America right. falls, and I mean, if you look at the eschatology, you see nothing about America, like no indication of that in the Bible at all, and so it it's one of those things where you know you're like you said, where once you become a Christian, you're not you're not part of this kingdom at all anymore, and so I don't think that should be our focus, but I mean I, that. I just thought it's really interesting that now the Roman Empire's coming back around let being me, the let forefront me, of thought. Let me sit, let me kind of like I think piggyback off of that with an illustration that's going to tick off some people. I <laughs> love that. Do it. Um, so we went when we were in Boston. Uh, we went to Plymouth. Plymouth Rock, dud. Just the most underwhelming. <laughs> I've seen pictures of it. It's yeah, we we were there. Like, What's cool. It, what does it look like? Is it's it a, a rock. It's a rock. It's, it's just, just a small rock. boulder. It's, it's just a small boulder, <laughs> and someone etched sixteen twenty into it. Oh, okay. And at some point, it even cracked, and they had to plaster it back together. It's just it's it's, but in Plymouth they have this massive granite monument up on the hill to Liberty. It's 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 really I think probably the real Statue of Liberty. Um, so like, but if you look at the, the, the story of the pilgrims, now the pilgrims weren't fleeing religious persecution. That's kind of a misconception because the pilgrims went to, to the Netherlands first. They, they left England and went to the Netherlands that had, uh, the freedom of religion. Like the, for, I think a decade, the pilgrims existed in the Netherlands and worship freely. Um, they wanted to create their own country founded on their religious principles. And so that's why they came to the new world. Now, <laughs> here, here's kind of the whole problem with that. Is that, is that biblical? No. I mean, is that even biblically appropriate? Like Jesus did not say, Hey, go across the ocean where there's no one and start your own country. Um, Hey, I want you, you want to worship freely. So run away from the world so that you can have your own isolated cocoon, fear of persecution. Again, that's not, that's really not a biblical idea. I mean, Jesus, A, said you're going to be persecuted for, for, for righteousness sake. Um, they hated me. They're going to hate you. But go into the world with the gospel. Don't run from it and start your own country. Um, and again, it's easy for me to say here, as opposed to being a pilgrim back in the day and, and you're, and you're wanting your children to have a place where they can worship God without whatever. Um, I, I, again, I'm not trying to harp too hard on somebody 400 years later. But my point is, and again, within the context of what we're talking about, um, like we're founded on rebellion against the king of England when Romans 13 says that we're supposed to submit. Mm -hmm. And yet we threw tea in the harbor and started shooting people. Um. America founded on a Christian ideal. Okay. But at the same time, we were also born in revolution and I don't necessarily see a biblical 
unless you're full blown replacement theology, which I'm not. Um, I don't. I'm not quite sure that that's that that's what our calling has 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 been. So, and I agree, Creighton, what you're saying. Like the church, especially in a decline. Um, we've been able to wrap the flag around the cross. Mm-hmm. For for generations. Um, right now, I wouldn't even feel comfortable wrapping that flag around the cross because of what America stands for right now. Uh, I totally agree. And and I think that there's a lot of, I think, really conservative and traditional people that are, are and I think that this is kind of the trepidation of it all. They're really struggling with, like, there's been this blending of, of faith and country, and my country... Um, is actually now actually hostile to my faith. There's not there's not faith in country anymore, and I don't really know how to deal with that other than fighting to get my country back. Which which you can do, like you can try. My, I'm not saying that you you have you have a a, a, a governmental structure that enables you to to, to attempt that. You I'm not sure the, you can even make the argument that you have an obligation to. Sure, absolutely. I think I think where you see the the decline of the church in America where do you know where we're seeing some of the most growth in the church Gen Z in the world I'm talking about oh. what countries China China Iran like all these places where uh, where there's persecution the, I've talked about and going the, to Cuba yeah, right yeah persecution and, and breeds then, faith and then you have people like I think a good uh, a good example for us might be the the fall of the Soviet Union you have guys like Richard and Sabino Vermbrand. They're they were Romanian pastors during Soviet occupation of that, and and you hear his story and what he's he's a guy that started the the the, the uh, Book of Martyrs, not not Fox's Book of Martyrs, but he started uh, Voice of the Martyrs. Voices, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so you you see this decline of an empire alongside of the rise of the church within that decline. So, I yeah. mean, I, I think, I think the, the more, I think the church will grow stronger if America collapses or, you know, kind of thing will be forced to. The one, the one unique thing about America, and this is kind of the argument that, that I've heard. And, and I don't necessarily disagree with is that the American experiment, like this democratic ideal did give, um, it, well, it, 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 it tilled the soil that without question enabled the, the largest, most prevalent missionary movement in history. Mm. That is uh, absolutely true. That, and that is true. And that is where I think as a church, when you, you're like fighting for America to be free, um, because, because America has given the church... Um, a, 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 an, an avenue, a safe harbor to fulfill the Great Commission. Um, I think that that argument is, is fair and legit. Now, let me back it in. I think what, what's become a problem is that so many Christian missionaries have, have also seen their missionary endeavors as not just to spread the gospel, but to spread the American ideal. Or the CIA getting involved in using them as right, which has ruined the reputation in a lot of countries for sure. So again, it's a complicated idea. It's an interesting. I think people, Christian or not, are thinking about the Roman Empire because we, we, there's just I think a deep sense that 
were living through something mm-hmm. that was quite similar. Because again, it wasn't like one moment in Rome. It was just this slow decline. Um, and, and we sense that. I think, I think everybody kind of senses that. Has anybody online uh, thought about the Roman Empire? In the comments, I haven't had any conversations about that. We can do uh, comments real fast, though. Yeah, let's do some comments. We're about out of time. Because I'm tired of being disappointed by our audience. (laughs) I am not. I am not disappointed by our audience. I think our audience is great. Uh, We had er, these are all early on. We have, and this is going to be a shameless, shameless plug, courtesy of Jennifer. She says, an Amazon Christmas is super cute. (laughs) She loves the illustrations and is going to pass it on to her. Sweet niece. Please do. And any other child you know. Yes. All of them. Uh, Miss Ann says, hey. So everyone say hi to Miss Ann. Hello, Miss Ann. We love you. Um, And Karen threw me under the bus for being the one that brought up the three days and three nights on the... uh, At the home group. Yes, at the home group. Well, I'm glad. I I, I wasn't sure if I was going to work that in um, just because Justin had a really good topic. And our resident audience member, Robert, had a good topic. And I was like, but I told Karen I was going to work it in. And if she was, was watching, I, you don't want to cross Miss Karen. I'm just saying. I agree. Not- she scares me. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas, you got any final thoughts? No. Nothing. Love you, Nick. I'm a simple man. A simple man. Audience member, Robert, any, any, any thoughts? Anything you want to? Throw out there real quick. Nope. Nope. Not at this time. Right on. Congratulations on getting married, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for doing it. No doubt. Uh, you're welcome. I'm glad I could do it. Robert, for those of you that know, Robert and Kylie got married after service a couple weeks ago. So at the end of church, we segued to a... It's the dream wedding. A, that, that's what Creighton said. Creighton was like, that's exactly what I want out of a wedding. It was beautiful. Yes. I, I almost cried. Almost. Yeah. Almost. You dream. suck that tear that right back right into back that back gland. <laughs> you, it was well enough. Let me out. You're like, not today. Mm-hmm. You got anything, Spice Daddy? No, I'm good. You good? I got, I got my question off my chest. Good for you. Creighton. Oh, we didn't get to your topic tonight. Sorry, buddy. That's okay. It means I have to do less, less work next week. Because so, you, uh, you already got a topic. I already got a topic. So we're good. I thought it was a great episode. I'm going to have to try and figure out what I'm going to title the podcast. You could just like multi, we'll it, multi it. Yeah. Yeah. No, just title it the Roman Empire. I think you're going to go with something like a multitude of conversations and a fall of empires. Yes. That's a good one. I did. I did a study years ago. Uh, I called it um, the, the Holy Spirit power and carpooling. Was the title of the study? I don't remember that study. And so, I, I, the study I taught about the the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter two, and um, and then and then that the passage where we're told that they were at the very end, that they were in one accord. <laughs> that uh, I said, no. and they were and they were carpooling together. That's how I ended the Bible study. No, title it was the Holy Spirit power and carpooling, think, and I got them all the- at the end with, and they were in one accord. Just thinking about the Roman. Just <laughs> it's a good title. You gotta have catchy titles. That's my point. That's not a good title. Hey, That's just, a good title. It was clever. Your jokes are genetic, and it's wild it's to me. Just thinking about the Roman Empire. I thought you had. That's it. Okay, I see what you did. <laughs> yep. All right, I'm hitting some. I'm hitting some music. Hopefully, Creighton can hear it in his little earbud. 
I can. Thank you so much for watching the Outlaw Radio Show. We'll be back this time next week, 8 o'clock, Wednesday nights. If you are listening to the podcast that gets released on Thursday, next week, check us out. Hang out with us, 8 o'clock, with the live stream Wednesday night. If you are watching, check out the podcast, released tomorrow. Apple, Google, Spotify. You can share that link with your whole social media community. Pass it along. Hopefully you're edified. If you weren't, that's whatever. <laughs> God bless. See you guys next week.